So have you ever wondered what plugins you actually need or should you really be on WordPress in the first place? And what actually should you host your courses on? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perv. Now let's get to it. Oh, welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. It's Kate Doster here of katedoster.com, and I am super excited. This episode is all about tech, and it is from Hefsa, and she is fan freaking fantastic, and she makes tech so simple and so easy. So today's episode, it is going to be targeting some beginners, but if you have been online for a while, maybe you're like me and your website is you know, looking a little shabby chic and needs to get a refresh and an update, then this is going to be the episode for you because we talk about so many things in this episode, but I really wanted to have one geared towards people who are in that sort of analysis paralysis when it comes to tech, because I have realized while hanging out with my listies that that can be one of the things that really sort of hang people up because we don't want to make the wrong decision. We don't want the hassle of having to switch tools. And it's just, it can be a lot when it comes to tech and it can be really intimidating when you have questions about products and services and you feel like the customer support just isn't there for you. That's why I preach Podia so much to people and everyone's like, oh, but like, don't you want like Kartra? It's like an all-in-one solution or, you know, Teachable or any of that. I'm like, Podia has always had the nicest, fastest customer service, and that's why I sing their praises so much. So in this episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most important pieces of your digital empire, of course, besides your email list. We're going to talk a little bit about tech stacks. So basically, what are the pieces of tech that you're using to run your business? And this is particularly for content creators. We're going to talk about the one thing that Google wants more than absolutely anything else when it comes to your website. We are going to be talking about, like I had alluded to in the intro, what plugins you should actually have on your website if you decide to go with WordPress. And we actually are going to talk about what's the deal with Wix, why everyone doesn't like it, and when you should actually be going with Squarespace. So I have run into a lot of people where they're just like, Squarespace all the way, WordPress all the way. And like, they never like will actually tell you the merits of the other one, but not in this interview. We are going to go into that as well. So Let's go ahead. This is a fantastic interview. And if you know, his name sounds familiar, that's because she was one of our amazing contributors for the Back to Business Bundles. Her niche is really helping those sort of beginner bloggers, beginner businesses, just really not have any tech overwhelm, get everything in the straight and narrow. And she's just so fantastic. And the websites that she builds are absolutely gorgeous, guys. And make sure you hang with her on Instagram. I love her Instagram stories. And I'll see you guys after the interview. Oh, guys, like I had told you in the intro, I am so excited to talk about tech because I feel like tech is like right up there with like writing and sales. It's like the, the trinity of things that people absolutely hate and the things that they feel really, truly hold them back is like, oh, I'm not like tech savvy. Oh, I don't like get stuff. And there's just so many options and just avenues. And so I'm so excited. So that way we can actually start talking about this today, especially if you are a beginner. So can you go ahead and just introduce yourself if there's anything in the bio that we might've missed out on? Um, Hey, um, so my name is Hafsa and I help entrepreneurs, specifically mom entrepreneurs who I know are super short on time, 
um, nail their tech stack so that they can really just focus on growing their business and not feel drained every time they open their laptop and they see that blinking cursor around their WordPress screen saying, what is going on now? Uh, but, you know, I've been in this industry for around 10 years. I started my first business when my oldest son was born and I was suddenly, you know, at home without a job and kind of feeling like, what do I do now? Um, so I started then and I've just seen the industry grow and evolve <clears throat> and change over the last 10 years. And it's been such an amazing journey. What would you say are some of the changes that you've seen? So, I mean, one of the things that I have seen is like the rise of the online courses. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, when I started back in 2000. Um, 11, you know, if you wanted online education, like your best bets were places like Coursera, or actually, I don't even think Udemy was around at that time. So like Coursera used to have free courses um, hosted by universities. And like, you could go and take a course on calculus. I actually took a course on calculus, <laughs> um, because I was like, I want to learn calculus again, because it's been a long time. Um, and then, you know, slowly you started getting these um, entrepreneurs who started coaching on like business and marketing. And, and now it's like such a thriving industry. Um, back then, like, I say back then, like I'm so old, but you know, back when I started, if you wanted to learn something, you had to go to the source. So like, if I wanted to learn WordPress, I had to go to WordPress themselves to like figure out what was going on. And now, you know, you search WordPress support and like, there's a bazillion people teaching you how to do WordPress. I, oh, that's so it's so fun. I honestly thought that you're going to go like, oh, like I've seen the rise and fall of like Square, not um, Squarespace, but like Foursquare and MySpace <laughs> and Instagram. You know what I mean? Like the Periscope date. So it's so interesting about just like the whole, like you said, the course and just being able to put out content and yeah. the sheer fact that like now you don't have to go to like support where it's like somebody who you feel is like super techie and like over their head and like looks down at you. Like I think it's really different when it is somebody else who's just like you, who's using the tools just like you would, you know? Absolutely. I think, you know, I remember building my first website on Wix and I hate Wix. Like, I think it's the worst project platform. I will put it out there. It's a hill I'm willing to die on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I remember building my first website and I remember like joining LinkedIn when it was first released. And, you know, there was like a hundred people on it. And I was like one of the early adopters. And I remember like when Instagram came in and like everyone was like, oh, no one's going to like use this app. It's for like teenagers. And then it exploded and you saw how businesses started using it to grow and market. I mean, I really feel like I'm old when I say this, like, but the industry has evolved so much so fast, right? Um, and to be able to learn from people who have similar experiences as you, without feeling like shamed or like oh my gosh you don't get that like you're so slow is yeah. really empowering and I especially feel like for women in tech um there's this there's this belief right that like women aren't techie and so we get like you know even right now if you look into any of like the support forums it's mostly men answering tech questions mm -hmm. and I find a lot of times I have my clients tell me I talked to them and I just felt really dumb. Like they made yeah. me feel like I wasn't smart. And so being able to be in the space and say, it's okay. We all start somewhere. 
it's no big deal if you don't know what a plugin is. Um, it, it's <laughs> really, it, it, it has been really cool to see that. Would you rather crawl across glass naked or have to stand in line at the DMV with Taco Bell tummy? you know what I'm talking about, then actually have to write an email to your list. I mean, you don't want to come off too salesy and what if you're boring and you don't want to add to all of the noise. And somehow every single week, besides the cold sweat, you bust out with being finger tied, you know, instead of tongue tied because you're actually typing. Don't you just wish that you could just magically snap your fingers and almost have somebody else write your emails for you? Well, that's exactly what you're going to get when you invest in the Email Marketing Fairy. The Email Marketing Fairy template set is over 50 grab and go newsletters, welcome series, and even an 11 part sales funnel that you can use as an amazing jumping off point to actually write emails that connect with your audience, get replies, and most importantly, get those buy buttons hit. And all you need to do to get your hands on this, along with almost $100 worth of free bonuses, is by heading on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com. That's right, head on over to theemailmarketingfairy.com and you will never have to awkwardly tell your list, hey, I know it's been a while ever again. I absolutely love this. So before we dive into things like why Wix is the worst and what exactly a plugin is, could you take us back? I realize that your business has been really lengthy. That's why I'm really excited. But can you think of a time probably either recently or maybe even when you were first getting started? Um, and again, and I realized that the techscape was a little bit different, but as you're on your entrepreneurial journey and when you've been hitting different stages, has there ever been a point where you're just like, I should go get a real job. <laughs> As you know, we like to call it the McDonald's moments here. The ones where you're just like, I just wish that I could come home and it not matter. 100%. I mean, for me, it's, it's actually really interesting that you bring this up because for me, that happened last February. I, I, I have a one-year-old. And so February was the time where everything kind of just caught up to me where, you know, the baby was like up all night, I was tired. Um, I, I, ha I was in the middle of this pivot where I had gone from really serving moms in a much more um, supportive capacity, like, oh, you know, I want to help you be a happier, healthier mom and like shift your mindset and all that stuff, which is, I, I love that. I think that is the foundation if you want to become, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to become a mom entrepreneur. But I also realized that, you know, it felt very nebulous. Like you can't like hold on to it and say, this is what I do because so much of the mindset work depends on the person you're working with. And so in February, I, you know, I went to a conference, I came back all inspired. And then the first day I came back, I opened my email and I had a note from Chase saying, oh, your last payment bounced. Like it was a payment from Kajabi. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, because I had like, I had done like a project for someone and they had, they were late paying the invoice and there was just not enough money in the bank. And so the payment bounced and I had to pay like $40. And I was in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I am not cut out for this. And this is after nine years of being in this industry, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, I am not cut out for this. I went online, I applied for a job at Sephora. And I was like, this, well, um, this is, you know, I'm just going to get mm -hmm. a job. So like, I know where my money is coming from. I know that like, and, and the thing is, I don't even really like, you know, 
I don't even know why I did Sephora. Like I didn't want to work in a store in a retail setting, but I was like, (laughs) if I have to do something, I'm going to be at Sephora and be around makeup. And yeah, like I came very close to giving up and I came very close to looking at my situation and having it say things about me that I'm not smart, that I'm not committed, that I'm not, you know, focused when reality was that it was just a lot of factors. The pandemic had already kind of started to slow things down. People were feeling anxious. Um, No one was thinking about investing in new stuff. Everyone was kind of like in that conservation mode. And I, you know, it just caught me at such a bad time. Having said that, um, you know, a year, you know, February to February, and my business has grown about a hundred times since then. Um, oh. You know, I I just offered a website for free to a client yesterday because she was telling me how she lost her job during the pandemic. And she just really feels like she's not able to move forward in her business because she doesn't have a proper website because she's, she's a digital person. And I thought back to myself a year ago and I thought of, you know, how amazing it would have been had someone given me a hand up in that moment. And Mm. I was like, yeah, I'll do your website because it's just sending a thank you out into the universe saying, I, I appreciate what you did for me. (laughs) So what was it in that moment when you were feeling like you said, like you weren't smart enough, you weren't good enough that, you know, you had been wasting the last nine years. What was it? Or was there any little voice that told you to keep going? Like, why didn't you just give up? Why did you keep going? Um, it wasn't a voice inside of me. It was a voice outside of me. My husband looked at me and he was like, you love this. This is something you have. I've seen you grow. I've seen you learn. And and he had always been saying to me that, you know, like, I know you love the mindset stuff and all of that, but your real superpower is tech. Like I, you know, I know WordPress, like the back of my hand. I have like built like websites from scratch. I've used themes. Um, I love techie stuff. Like I love trying out new apps and new things. And all my friends reach out to me when they need help with their tech. And he's like, why don't you lean into what you love? And I was like, oh no, it's a saturated field. Everyone's in it. And he's like, no, like you are you. Like it doesn't matter how many other people are doing it. They're not going to do it like you. And what's really funny is I teach my clients this, right? <laughs> this is Cobbler's kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I teach, but I needed someone else like outside of my space to like, look at it and be like, why aren't you doing what you preach? Like lean in on what you love. And so when the pandemic hit and everyone went online, I started offering the service, helping all these small businesses, like our local gyms and stuff being like, and I did it at a very lean budget. I was like hundred bucks. I'll teach you how to get on zoom and like build up your like, like tech stack. And it just took off. And then from there, it snowballed, right? Like local businesses started reaching out to me for websites. And then I kind of started talking about it on Instagram where I have a really great community. And then people started reaching out and saying, oh, we didn't know you did websites. You know, can we have a discovery call? And I was like, wait, there was a demand for this. (laughs) He was right. So he, he still reminds me every chance he gets that. Right. Right? So like, yeah, when you make that million dollars, I'll be like, well, it's already ours because we're married, but it's more ours because I made you do this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I just think that that's, 
so great that you had somebody there that was actually supportive. And I, my kids are older, older now. They are seven and eight and Oh, year one was rough, especially because we ended up having both of them so close together. Like you're so sleep deprived. You're just so over it. Like I can really go back to the moment of coming back all amped up from the conference. Remember when we can go to those guys so amped up <laughs> from an event and then and come I home to that too, right? Like the baby came with me to the conference and what was <clears throat> really hard for me was having that gap in that everyone was looking at me and thinking I was some like super mompreneur um, and, you know, taking my baby to a conference and doing all these amazing things where in the back end, I was like, oh my God, everyone thinks I'm like some superwoman and here I have a payment bounce. And for me, like the whole payment bouncing thing was really hard because there's all these money stories in the back of my head that I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like the world's about to end. And it wasn't a big deal. Like it was just like a gap in cash flow, but still like it was kind of like that wake up call that I really hadn't been doing what I loved. And and that disconnect was apparent. It, it had like a downstream effect, right? Yeah. Or not that I didn't love it, but that it wasn't my zone of genius. This is my zone of genius. Tech is what I love. I if you saw my desk right now, you'd understand. <laughs> like literally guys, I tell you, like she was talking about money mindset, right? Cause we're recording this on zoom spoiler alert. And like her face just light up the word when she said the word tech, like I can tell you this whole time. And it's like, Oh, tech. And I'm just like, Oh, that's the way I feel about so many things. So I would love if we could actually start talking about tech. And like I said, I can see 100% from knowing you why your tech business just blew up in the best possible way. It's because you make things so unintimidating. And you are just like laying it out. Like you said, you don't make anyone feel like they are less than, like they are dumb, like they are stupid for having questions. And I think that tech can be really, really intimidating, whether you didn't grow up with it or whether you, again, have that weird mindset, like, oh, you're not a techie person. So when it comes to setting up our, our tech stack, I would love to know a little bit about what that phrase actually means. I'm going to guess website is in there and you had mentioned something about Wix. So if you could break down what you consider a tech stack is and then sort of go into why we hate Wix. Okay. Um, so basically your tech stack is the minimum number of tech apps or whatever it is that you need to operate your business. So for example, if you're a course creator, right? Mm -hmm. Your tech stack's going to be your website where people mm -hmm. learn more about your stuff um, is going to be whatever payment um, cart you use. It can be something as simple as PayPal or as complicated and as intense as Sam's cart. I say start with PayPal, move up to Sam's cart, don't start paying the $100 a month right mm -hmm. off the bat. Um, it can be a platform like Teachable or Kajabi or Member Vault where you host your course. Um, and then it will be your email software, right? So are you using Flowdesk? Are you using Ma MailerLite? And depending on your specific needs, every tech stack is going to be different, right? Um, I think one of the mistakes that I see people making a lot is they'll see their mentors talk about mm. a really expensive platform like Kajabi and like rave about how it's all in one and it's perfect. And it's amazing. I love Kajabi. I, I use Kajabi. 
but if you're someone who's starting out and you're, you know, you have like five people taking your course, you don't need to be paying, you know, that really high monthly fee. And the thing is, because there's so much other stuff out there, like it's so overwhelming for people mm-hmm. to decide what their stack's going to be. They'll just go with whatever, like someone they trust is saying is great. Um, but, you know, those people they trust scaled up to that point. Um, and so sometimes you end up spending so much um, because you just don't know. And so what I love doing is breaking down people's like needs on like the very molecular level. What is it that you need right now in your business? And what will grow with you until you're able to jump to a different platform where you need that amount of like capabilities. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And yes, um, your website is honestly the most important digital real estate you own. If you are an online business, actually, if you're a business at all, you need a website. Um, I think too many people will start an Instagram account and like think that's their business page. But the reality Mm -hmm. is that you don't own your Instagram account. You don't own your LinkedIn profile. You don't own your Facebook group. Any day Mark Zuckerberg can wake Mm -hmm. up and be like, gone. (laughs) <laughs> and there goes your your entire community that you've built. Yeah. Um, or someone can hack your account. I'm finding in all these blogging groups, like all these bloggers who've built like communities of 100,000 followers on Instagram come in the group and be like, oh my gosh, someone hacked my account and they want $10,000 to give it back and Instagram <laughs> won't do anything. And, you know, always have two-factor authentication, my friends, always, always, always. But the reality is like, you know, you want a space that's yours, that you control, that you have full, you know, there's no algorithm kind of like, like figuring out how much people see your content. So your website's really important. Um, Generally an email marketing service. I mean, I'm talking Mm -hmm. to the email (laughs) queen. Um, So, you know, you can start with like something super basic, like Flowdesk for beginners or MailerLite move up to ConvertKit, active campaign. Like there's just so many options. Um, but your website, your email marketing service, your ESP, um, and then your, your social handles. And, and, you know, your social media is going to depend on where your audience is. If you're a networking strategist, for example, and you're really trying to help consultants um, move into a different role from their current role, Instagram may be an okay place, but your real like gold mine is LinkedIn, right? So understanding mm-hmm. where your audience is and, you know, like kind of niching down and like who you want to be speaking to and then moving into like finding where, where those people are hanging out. You know, when Instagram recently released a report talking about how I think there's like 60% of moms between the ages of 22 to like 45 are on Instagram. It's a crazy oh, wow. number. Uh, in the United States. But if you're focusing on moms, if you work with moms, Instagram's the place to be, right? If your audience is a little bit older, Facebook is where they're hanging out. Like, so figuring out your social handles and then investing time and energy into it based on where your audience is going to be. I absolutely love that. So I feel like most of the time in social, I think that people do get that shiny object syndrome where they want to be on all of the places at once. But I feel like where people would really get hung up is those choices that you've talked about. So since your website is really the linchpin of everything, um, 
Could you talk a little bit? I know that you had mentioned Wix that you're not really a fan of. <laughs> Could you like let us know? And it's quite all right because we've had other people talk about this as well, that they're not a fan, but could you talk about the things that I would say like maybe the three things, I mean, you know, the exact number that people should look for when making a decision about like, should I do WordPress or should I do Squarespace? Because I know that I found a lot for my people. It's not so much email service providers. I'm like, just going to convert it's easier. But when it comes to like course hosting platforms, everyone's like a nitpicking, like the minor details and like all these sorts of things. So if we have time, we'll definitely talk about course platforms, but for right now, like website, like how do I know if like Squarespace is for me or WordPress is for me and like, which one is better? How, how do you figure that out with your clients? Yeah. So I think it really, again, depends on what your specific need is and how, how, like how much room you want for growth is how I always um, phrase it for my clients. Um, I think they're both really good options. Um, The reason I don't like Wix is actually there's three reasons. Number one is they kind of get you in with this idea of, oh my gosh, it's going to be so easy. But the reality is that it it is still, you are going to end up spending as much effort on your Wix website as you will on your Squarespace website or your WordPress. It's just, it you feel like it's easy because it's drag and drop, but a lot of the WordPress templates are now drag and drop, right? Mm-hmm. Same with Squarespace. Um, but the biggest problem with Wix is if you want to scale, if you are certainly finding that your website's traffic is really high or and Wix can't manage that for you, especially if you're a blogger. Wix does not offer really good SEO options. And WordPress offers you a ton of flexibility in terms of SEO, mm-hmm. optimizing your website with on-page and technical SEO so that you get seen. All of that is actually controlled by Wix on your site if you host with them. Oh. The other thing is they own your website, right? Do like, they? Yeah, like it's on the Wix platform. Like you don't own your site. They are hosting it. They're controlling it. So it's not a self-hosted website. So when you want to transfer over, there's no like button where you kind of save your website and move it over. You literally have to rebuild it from scratch um, on a different platform, which can be really hard for like people who have already spent like a month building their website a year in, they're like, Oh, I have to do this again. And yeah, I, I don't like Wix at all. <laughs> but in terms of WordPress versus Squarespace, I, I think to a large extent that conversations like Canon versus Nikon, right? The people who oh, use yeah. WordPress are going to be like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. The people who use Squarespace are going to be like, it's the greatest thing ever. And I think they both have some really amazing features that makes them unique, right? Like Nikon has like their amazing autofocus and Canon has their amazing ease of use. And so with WordPress, I think if you are a blogger or if you plan to be creating consistent content and you want to get found in organic searches, then there is no better platform than WordPress for you because the amount of flexibility with search engine optimization that WordPress offers you, it's incomparable. Self-hosted WordPress is the way to go if you are a blogger. Um, You control your hosting, you control your site speed because you can choose like, you know, which kind of hosting you get. Um, You can choose which plugins you use to optimize your content. You can choose like how to submit the XML site data. Like all of this stuff is going to make Google like your website more, Google show your website more to more people, and in the end, increase your traffic. 
So if you are a content creator who plans to be putting out regular content, I think you just don't look around, go to WordPress. If you are an e-commerce business, or if you're someone who's not gonna be really adding a lot of content, uh, but you want a website that's beautiful and easy to use, Squarespace is a great option. Um, it, their e-commerce platform is, is really good and really easy. So like, you know, and you know, like if you're in e-commerce, you have Shopify as well as an option, but Squarespace is really good if you're not gonna be adding regular content, but you want something that's easy, that's pretty, easy to update, easy to navigate, and looks like you put a lot of time into it without really putting a lot of time into it. But you will pay for that ease of use, right? With WordPress, you know, your initial cost is like, fine, you know, I charge. My starting price for building a website on WordPress is $9.99. And that includes your SEO, all of that stuff. Everything is set up for you. And for Squarespace, you could get started for $49 or $29. I can't remember like what their starting package mm -hmm. is but then you pay that ongoing like every month forever yeah. until you have it. Whereas with WordPress, you'll pay for the setup and then you just pay for the hosting and your domain renewal, which ends up being like a hundred bucks a year, depending on who you're with, even now less. I, now I do have a question because you had tossed around the word self-hosting. So is that the one where it's like wordpress.com or yeah. like wordpress.com? net is that the other one .org. Like, what's the difference yeah so wordpress offers you two options one is you can create a site with wordpress.com when you're with wordpress.com you're actually not self-hosted it's almost like having a wix site and that wordpress mm -hmm. owns your website and so your site address is kadoster.wordpress.com mm -hmm. um and I mean, it's not nearly as flexible. You don't own it again. Um, you don't have access to even a fraction of the plugins that you get as a self-hosted WordPress site. And then the other thing is that, um, you know, your address will always have the name WordPress. Like in order to have like kdoster.com, you have to use like a plugin. And even then when people end up on your page, it will still say, kdoster.wordpress.com because your site is being hosted mm. by WordPress. It's free. So that's why a lot of people like it, but you know, you get, you get what you pay for. So you don't mm. own it. Whereas wordpress.org is basically a self-hosted web website with WordPress. I think over like 60% of the internet is powered by self-hosted WordPress. And the way it works is you buy a domain from like Namecheap or GoDaddy. I prefer Namecheap. I don't like GoDaddy so much. Mm -hmm. um, and then you buy hosting. And, you know, for hosting, you can go with Bluehost. You can go with SiteGround. There's lots of like hosts that offer really cheap, like $4 a month hosting. Mm. Um, I was just about to ask, what, what do yeah. you think is the best hosting? <laughs> you know, honestly, it's like, it, it, it's like um, PC versus Mac. Like you, it, it's like an eternal debate. I use a SiteGround to host my websites. I've been with them for five years mm -hmm. and I like them. Part of it is the comfort, like I know them. Mm -hmm. um, but lately, you know, we've been having some issues with SiteGround, like they're based out of Bulgaria, I think. So it's really hard to get access to customer service and all of that. I used to be with Bluehost. They had a ton of technical issues back when I was with them. Apparently they've cleaned it up. And mm. a lot of people who are in this online space are saying that they're having really good experiences with them. Um, you know, Name Hero is another really good hosting. It's very cheap. 
but it does require you to have a little bit of technical knowledge to set up. So like um, you pay, like you pay less, but the ease of use is a little bit higher. But I think if you're starting out and you want to set up a self-hosted WordPress site, Bluehost or SiteGround are your best bets. I think. Awesome. Um, I was going to say, I've actually always had good luck with SiteGround um, with their chat. Like, and I was going to say, it's always up and they're always so nice. Like if I break something, even though they're not supposed to, they'll fix it for me. Um, But they could have growing pains, I have to say. It's been a while since I've broken something. Yeah. So. Um, so apparently what they've done now is it's not a live chat. You send in an inquiry oh. and they'll respond. And so like if you're panicking, it can be really stressful not to have yeah. that live person. But honestly, like there is this one web host that I used to use when I started building websites 10 years ago. It was called Fat Cow. <laughs> and, you know, I think... I got my initial hosting for a dollar from that, like a dollar a year. And this is back when like, this was all new. And I still use them to host some of my websites. Like I have a bunch of pet projects that are running in the background and they're <laughs> great. And like, you know, they're based, I don't know where they're exactly based, but I know anytime I speak to their, I, I do the live chat with their customer service. Um, their customer service um, is off, like based in India but those guys are awesome. So like, I think sometimes we think we're going to pay more and we're going to get much better service. That's not always true. So I think, you know, if you're starting out and you have no idea where to go, keep it simple. Um, Domain, Namecheap is I think my favorite. Buy your domain from Namecheap. They give you a free SSL certificate and they give you free domain privacy. So you can get a domain, I think for like under $12. Um, with the the privacy, make sure you always get the privacy when you're buying a domain, because if you don't, someone who knows what they're doing can actually go online and find your home address, your email address, your phone number, all this stuff. So always purchase domain privacy when you're buying a domain. Um, And so Namecheap is great. And then just go with Bluehost or SiteGround and they have their starting packages, I think start around $4 a month. Nice, nice. I was just about to ask about the privacy thing. You read my mind. So um, before we go, because I mean, I can ask you a million questions about tech. I'd love to know a little bit more. um, So we'll decide that people have decided they're either going to go with SiteGround or um, Bluehost. And again, just pick one because we need you all to get to work. Just pick one. We will always make it work and you can always change later. Um, they're going to go with WordPress. You had mentioned some things about plugins. In your opinion, what, and I'm like taking notes here too, because we're revamping our website right now. What plugins do you think like everybody should just have? So what I have been doing for the last two years now is I have been going super lean on my website because Google has mm-hmm. updated its algorithms and it's really prioritizing site speed. And one of the problems that I see with a lot of people's websites is they have every plugin you can imagine just stacked in there and it slows <laughs> every plugin you're running slows down your site like incrementally until it's actually really slow. And so site speed is really important. If you want to know how fast your website is, um, search Pingdom, P-I-N-G-D-O-M on Google, and then just put in your URL. It's going to give you a site score. And so, you know, any, anything under, like if it takes more than three seconds to load, then your site is slow. Um, gotcha. So some of the plugins that I think are essential, I use the Elementor page builder. Um, mm-hmm. So I have the Elementor plugin and 
what Elementor does is it actually integrates with places like ActiveCampaign and ConvertKit. So you don't need a separate plugin to run that. Um, it, 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 you don't need Contact Form 7. It has its own Contact Form Builder. So it's, it mm -hmm. keeps your site super lean. Um, a couple that I always recommend to people is the short pixel plugin. It, it reduces your image size, mm -hmm. size so that your site's not super heavy from images. And then WP Rocket is actually a site security and speed um, plugin that's gonna keep your site secure and it's gonna speed it up. And you always wanna make sure that, you know, you're protecting your site from getting hacked mm -hmm. um, and, and keeping it as fast as possible. So the, the, the plugin tells you what's wrong with your site, what's taking up a lot of space, slowing it down. Um, and then which other plugin do I use? Um, oh, Yoast, sorry. <laughs> Yoast is the best SEO plugin out there. There's really? I've another... heard that's clunky. Like, it's... does that slow it down or no, are you doing all these other things on the other end? So it's not mattering. Yeah. So like it doesn't slow it down nearly as much. So it, it's clunky, but the, the benefit you get from having it versus not having it, mm. it, it, it makes up for the for the clunkiness. Um, Rank Math is another plugin that is like a replacement for Yoast. I've used both. I would still go with Yoast any day of the week. Akismet is also good. It's a spam blocker. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to prevent, you know, all those spammy comments you get yeah. on your blog posts from like an email that's like xyj.gmail.com. I and think like, your content oh. is amazing. And in the beginning, you're a new blogger and you read them and you're like, wow, Yay! someone loves my content. And then you realize I'm the best. <laughs> yes. And then you realize it's a spam bot. So Akismet helps prevent those. Um, but there are other um, plugins that also help you protect from spam. I think W Rocket has a functionality as well. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something to look into. Now, I know Short Pixel is paid, or at least I've seen it like on AppSumo. Um, is WP Rocket, is that one free or paid? I know Yoast is pretty much free, although they do have upgrades. Yeah, they have an upgrade. WP Rocket has a free version and an upgraded version. I do pay for WP Rocket. I pay, I think, for me, because I'm building like at, in any given month, I'm building about 12 to 15 sites. Um, I, I pay... 249 for a year and I can protect all my sites. Oh, so, oh, so that is just so, it's, so it's totally worth it. So and I think it. for a single use license, it's like $49 for a year. It's 100% worth it. Like think of your website as your house on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. How much would you pay to secure your house in real life, right? I would bet quite a lot, right? right. Um, especially if you lived in a bad area, <laughs> like you would make sure you have <laughs> a security system. And the internet's bad. <laughs> and the internet is unfortunately right now a very precarious space where there are lots of people out there looking to hack your accounts, looking to hack your websites and hold them hostage, right? Um, I know, like I was telling you guys, like on Instagram, there are hackers who literally hack into your account and then they'll say, I'll give me $5,000 or I'll delete everything. And you can't control it. Once they're in your account, you can't like, you you know, getting to Instagram's customer service is almost impossible. But oh, yeah. once they're in, like you lose control. And so there goes all your hard work and years of like building this community and creating this content. Um, same thing with your website. Like your website is your home on the internet. And if you have to pay $50 a year to protect that home, 
it is an incredibly worthwhile investment. And I don't get paid by WP Rocket to say that. (laughs) Y'all aren't seeing her the WP Rocket shirt she's wearing right now. (laughs) (laughs) I really am saying this because I think sometimes we go cheap on the internet stuff because we're like, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. But what does this mean for your business in the long term? What is that investment you're making going to result in in the long term? And I think that's something we always forget to think about. I absolutely love this. I could talk forever and ever about websites and what they need to run and just tech, but I mean, it can be overwhelming. And I feel like with tech, there's always one more thing like, Oh, like I've got my website and then it's like, okay, but like, how do I know, like which one's better Podia, Teachable or Thinkific or Um, like you had said, some people that are buying programs that they're just not ready for. Like, that's why I tell everyone, I'm like, nobody needs deadline funnels and lead pages until you get to a certain revenue. And then yes, lead pages is better because it's such easy AB testing. And like, yes, deadline funnels can take stuff away. But if you've got five people coming to your website, I need you to put the money you would have spent on that towards like something else, like advertising, getting yourself out there. So where can people find you online? How can they actually get their hands on potentially one of your websites or just follow you in general? Because it's always going to be something when it comes to tech. Yeah, for sure. So I am really active on Instagram. You can find me at Happily Hafsa. Um, and, you know, I love being in my stories. I, my stories mm-hmm. are always popping. As I, I said, I, I said this to someone the other day and they're like, it sounds so much like something you would say that I can almost imagine you saying it. <laughs> yes, I love your IG game is on point, putting everybody else to shame. <laughs> um, and then if you'd like to learn more about websites or digital branding in general, and so digital branding is your websites, your social, and then your content marketing strategy, that's where I shine. You can find me at happilyhafsa.com slash digital branding. And I'd love to chat with you. Come find me. Let's chat. Let me see if I can help you. Yay. Thank you so much. I enjoyed the interview so much. (laughs) I had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And honestly, your love your list course was something I bought in, I think I bought it in June, like after I had my first like few (laughs) sales and I was like, okay, I have money again. (laughs) Um, Yours was the first course I bought and it's really revamped my email game. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yay. So excited. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) wasn't that such a great interview I swear I could talk to her forever and I'm sure if you guys have any other sort of tech related questions I'm thinking of potentially bringing her back maybe later on in the year so we can talk about more tech and tools for more advanced people in their businesses but I wanted to make sure that we covered some of the basics because that's what we're doing here right now in Kate Dosterland is really making sure that we're getting back to the basics so Like we had talked about in the interview, if you are doing more of an e-commerce type of platform, if you don't really necessarily plan on say actually blogging, then going with something like Squarespace, is definitely going to be for you. It is fast, it is SEO friendly, and it works. If you do want to be more of a content creation machine, you want to rely heavily on SEO, you want to be an actual blogger blogger, then have a recommends that we look into WordPress. And when you're looking into WordPress, you want to keep in mind that not only do you want your site to look nice, but you really want to look for speed. That is super important. That is something that our website is currently lacking at the time of this recording, but we are working on it behind the scenes. So a couple of the plugins that she had recommended for that were WP Rocket. That one is a paid one. I don't believe that they have a free version, but really I'm sure that you can find something else within your budget if the $100 
$50 a year is too much for you. I think they might even have a $50 a month plan, or excuse me, a $50 a, like a year plan for you. You want to look at something like short pixels or really any type of plugin that is going to sort of minimize your photos while still keeping the quality high. I know that was a really big problem that we had. Um, she recommends using Elementor. I think that that's really fast. You guys know I'm a Divi girl, but that's been one of my biggest hangups with Divi because again, we started, you know, when the dinosaurs were roaming the earth and that was really the first and only drag and drop builder. So I'll let you know if we decide to keep it going forward. And of course, Yoast for your SEO things. Again, you don't want to sit down and nitpick a tool. You want to potentially, if it doesn't overwhelm you, get in there, take some free trials of things, see which ones you like, and then go from there. Remember, you can always move on if you don't like something because it's not worth the actual hassle of staying where you are. Just do not let tech, do not let tech stand in your way. If you know that you want to launch a course or you want to be more active with your email or that you want to be more active with your blog, don't let this, oh, just pick one, pick one and go for it. Again, you can always change later. And I have to tell you, most tools now really want you to change to them. So they'll usually help you with a free migration or they'll help you out. So that is it for me for today with our tech talk. And I will see you guys next week. Thank you for having inbox besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.